Hi, welcome to America's Debate Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Todd Graham. You can call me Todd. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk about presidential debates. But remember, our podcast could go anywhere from presidential debates to interpersonal squabbles to competitive debates. But because we're in the middle of the presidential debating cycle, we are talking about presidential debates. Today's topic is the second column I wrote for CNN.com before the debates began, right? We've had one debate already with Trump. So I've recorded, I'm recording these now after the first debate with Biden and Trump. Uh, so that. The second column I wrote for CNN.com was about moderators, uh, because I didn't think many people wrote about that. And I thought, you know what? We should write about how moderators can do a better job. I couldn't have called that any better in writing that piece. Uh, it, it was very popular, and it's apparently, though, not popular enough, because it's clear that Chris Wallace didn't uh, read much of it. But let's look back at it to see you know, how, how well I think I, I called this. So um, in that particular column, again, and you can always find find these on CNN.com uh, or always on my Twitter feed at America Debate or at my Facebook page, uh, America's Debate Coach. You can find everything there. I always put links to everything there. So that's where you go. If you ever get confused, go to my Twitter feed, go to my Facebook page. Uh, um, complaining, I started by saying about debate moderators, is as old as the game itself. It's as old as any game, right? When you think about that, we always complain about the, the referees, as it were. So uh, if your football team's getting, you know, you're like, oh, the referees are against us, or they're biased, or they don't like this, right? We, that's what we do, or armchair quarterbacks. Well, we do the same thing for debate. If we like a particular candidate, we always think the moderator is biased. So here's what I did. I set up the, uh, the CNN.com piece that I wrote in four categories of where the audience normally complains about the moderator. The first one was bias. And so what I actually said is, I'm not worried about this. All these moderators are professional journalists. Uh, they're very good at being neutral, the ones that they picked. Uh, and so I just, you know, Chris Wallace, Steve Scully, Kristen Welker uh, for the presidential debates. I said, I'm just, I'm just not worried about them. And so, and that's what I wrote about. I just said, don't worry about bias. What I though talked about was I think you should go the other direction and worry about what, what is a reverse bias. And everybody's like, what? I said, yeah, trying to be fair can actually lead to a bias. And this took, by the way, forever to write because my editors at CNN.com, who are just way better than me at this, they kept saying, Todd, you're not explaining this well. And I'm like, I've taught this for years. How is it that I'm not explaining it? And they're like, well, when you teach it, you take a full lecture? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you got less than 800 words and you're trying to do it in one paragraph. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. So I should probably keep rewriting this. So I made it two paragraphs, but here's here it goes. Here's how trying to be equal and fair actually is a bias. It's called false false equivalence. It's a fallacy. Um, it's also called both sidesism, right? And so false equivalence is when you try to make two things that aren't equal end up looking equal. So you're comparing an apple to an orange and saying, look, they're the same, but they're not really. So here's what moderators try to do. Um, when they try to avoid appearing bias, oftentimes they end up asking them questions that are equal to both candidates. Think back four years ago when Hillary Clinton was debating against Donald Trump. There were a lot of questions about Trump's, uh, let's see, charities that ended up being fraudulent or Trump's university that ended up being fraudulent, legally so, right? So legally, his family can't ever run a charity again. Legally, he had to pay $25 million for his university. But yet then the, the moderators would try to ask Hillary Clinton an equally difficult question about her charity, which has never had any trouble like that. Or, or, or Benghazi. 
fuzzy or her emails, right? Her e Oh, but her emails. So somehow this both sidesism, this false equivalence, both in the media and then in the debates seem to be the same thing when actually they aren't. So what I wrote about is if one candidate is just worse on the issues, that doesn't mean you try to find another transgression from the other candidate, because all transgressions are not created equally. If Trump had four years ago, if he was fraudulent in his university and he stole people's money, how is that similar to Hillary Clinton in uh, her emails, right? It's not. They weren't the same thing. Or how is Trump's foundation the same in the moderators as Hillary's. It wasn't. So what I tried to write is trying to be fair. So in other words, finding a gross trans, you know, transgression by one candidate and asking about it. And then like, okay, now I've got to, I've got to grill the other candidate on something. So now you're finding some issue that's not equally as gross or bad. And so then you try to all of a sudden make those two appear even, or at least even if you're not trying to, the public thinks that they're even. And so that's where the problem comes from then. The public sees these two things as equal. They're not equal. And that's what I said the moderators need to be careful of. Uh, in that first debate, as it turns out, Chris Wallace was doing a little bit of this. So he was doing a little bit of uh, Joe Biden and, and maybe talk about his son, Hunter. Well, he didn't ask any questions about Trump's children and all the things they've done, et cetera. So, I, you know, that's, that's kind of an issue that we always have to worry about. When two things aren't equal, don't pretend like they are. When you raise one up, then you're actually committing a bias, even if it's not intentional. So that's the first thing I wanted to do, um, and that was, uh, and, and that was one of the first things I talked about was favoritism in bias in the in the moderating a debate. Now, the second problem I, I talked about is, oh my, the second problem I talked about is not controlling the candidate. Ta-da! I actually wrote about this, and and here I'm actually going to quote myself because now we've seen the first debate, and here's what I wrote. I wrote, this usually happens when candidates either interrupt their opponent or speak over their allotted time. And then I wrote, history demonstrates, there were hyperlinks, by the way, to the two different articles for this. History demonstrates that unless the moderators take control immediately, both Trump and Biden will interrupt each other so much that the debates will become a race to the bottom. I wrote that a week before the debate. You have to take control right away as a moderator. Chris Wallace admits since the debate, he did not take control right away. In his own words, he admits that and that that was a flaw. Again, I'm not saying that we can fix Donald Trump rudeness or, interrupted or interruptions, et cetera, but we can make him less bad. And you make him less bad by training your moderator better. In academic debates, we train our judges better. We have moderators for debates. And I've had plenty of wild child debaters that have debated for me, that I have trained out of, or that have debated in front of me, that or of other people on that debated for other universities that have been trained out of it. So I know you can make a bad, rude, interrupting, et cetera, debater, I know you can make them better with more training for your moderators by controlling the candidates by starting right away with the heavy hand. Chris Wallace did not do that. And what I wrote, uh, I'll talk about what I wrote later, but this was before the debate. I actually wrote those words. Um, and so then I finished it out with, uh, saying that, you know, the candidates, generally, uh, it's up to the moderators to uh, to talk about fact-checking. So because the other thing was, you know, fact-checking. And, and I said, 
I, you know, you're going to have to do some of that. So, but, but there's different ways to do it. So that was the third category. So the first category was bias. I said, I'm not worried about it. The second category was not controlling the candidates. I said, I was worried about that. And that came true. The third category was overstepping bounds. So of the public again, and this is on a poll of public, what they thought before these debates were typically problems. Um, they think that the, the debate moderators overstep their bounds and they should just kind of stay back. And I actually wrote, no, they, that they're just wrong about this because we're not in the 19th 60s anymore with Howard K. Smith, who moderated that first presidential debate between Nixon and Kennedy. We're not even in the 80s with Reagan, et cetera. Um, we're in the 2020 cycle with Donald Trump. So overstepping bounds is something you probably need to do, is what I wrote, uh, because you because debaters have become more aggressive in their tactics. So if you just sit there like a doormat and just keep time and let them have some sort of discussion, then you're not doing your job because it's going to be chaotic. And that's actually what I wrote. I actually wrote about Frank Ferenkopf. This is a week before the debate. Frank Ferenkopf is the co-chair uh, and the mouthpiece on television for the Commission on Presidential Debates. They're the ones who set up the rules. And I actually wrote that he was been saying that moderators shouldn't be fact checkers. So uh, they, should, uh, they shouldn't do that. And I said, oh, well, then they better front load their questions. Um, front load your questions means basically you fact check them during the question. You say things like three weeks ago you said this, your policy a year ago was this, yet today you're saying this. You know, how is it that that's changed? And then you just let them say whatever because you've already put the facts in the question. Now that is a good technique. And Chris Wallace, by the way, did start that, but he started it way too late in the debate. You've got to do that early. So the only way to fact check is that. And I actually wrote the second thing that you can do as a moderator that you should do uh, by, and you're not overstepping your bounds, um, is that you should have follow-up questions. Now they're not hard. We learned how to do follow-up questions, right? Um, simple things like, do you have evidence for that, sir? Can you, can you point to when, an example of when that's happened? Who told you that? That's real straightforward. That's basically just saying, prove the argument you just made. That's all. That's a question. Can you prove that? Can you demonstrate proof? And those questions would help to fact check the candidates. And I was right about that. We needed more of that. Chris Wallace didn't do nearly enough of that. And then, so that was the third category. The fourth and final category that people wrote that they're questioning moderators on are, are not using the right questions or failing to address important issues. And, and in this year's debates, they actually, Chris Wallace picked six pretty good issues. We can talk about those later. But I, I said, listen, listen, given that, the other debates will probably cover the others. So I'm not going to talk about that. But I did finish my piece by saying why experience matters. When it comes to presidential debates, experience matters. And, and two of the presidential debate moderators have no experience at all, um, and one is only co-moderated a debate. The only one with experience was Chris Wallace. And so I wrote, I was worried about this. And I still am, by the way. However, I think they'll learn because here's what happened. Chris Wallace went first. Um, and in going first, he actually, I think, I, I think he, he thought he was going to do as well as he did in 2016, which was a really fine job. He was a good moderator in 2016, but he hasn't practiced this year. And so because experience matters, that also means practice matters. He didn't moderate any of the Democratic primary debates because they weren't on Fox. So he's literally not moderated debate in four years. 
He wasn't ready for what happened. And we'll talk about that in the next piece, but, but chaos ensued. So uh, those are the four areas I got. I hope that you sort of like them. Um, I think I kind of nailed it when I wrote a piece about why I was, I think it was titled something like, you know, moderators are going to have their hands full or going to have a difficult job. And so uh, I hope you liked it. If you did like this, you can get even more of America's Debate Coach if you follow me on Twitter at America Debate or if you like me on Facebook at America's Debate Coach. Uh, thank you very much for watching. Take care and I'll see you next time.